I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. Uh, wasn't the best of games to talk about, was it? But we're joined with some guests who are going to do that with us. Martin McFadden here from Love Supreme. Martin, I'm hoping you're not going to let me down tonight because you like a good morn when things like this happen. So well, you make go, it'll make good listening. Okay, I'll try. I'll try to be negative if that's what you want. <laughs> no, I don't want it. I want you just to be yourself, but just generally you are negative, aren't you? That's all. Well, yeah. That's when all Gareth's I'm around, you know, then... <laughs> drag, <laughs> drag people down to my level, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Gareth's Fair really enough. positive, actually, in, the, in this instant, aren't you? Am I? About Poyet and stuff, I would say. It's, I would know. say I'm fair. <laughs> in your opinion, though. Balanced. Well, my, yeah, yeah, balanced. Compared to other opinion. people, though, it's Shall, shall I be erratic and just say, shout aggressive might things? Might make a better radio, or might not? Shut the kids in. Chuck the kids in. Give, them, couldn't give them two minutes at the <laughs> end of the game. Yeah, yeah. It was the dream almost at the end of the game last night when a four-four-two, and there was a kid in. Yeah, <laughs> we're joined by uh, Michael and Frankie from Frankie and the Heartstrings. Also, uh, we could have prepared better actually and drop some of your music in as an intro, but we didn't want an invoice to f- land on our lap or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, don't worry. We don't get that money anyway, so we won't. <laughs> we won't pursue that. We're at the point in our career where we're, we're paying people to <laughs> yeah. use our music yeah. for things. Yeah. Well, if you want to fire something over this way, yeah. Frankie, you're involved with the with the club now, aren't you? Can you not persuade them to yeah. use something? Uh, well, I have actually tried to get our music used more on their things. But, uh, <laughs> no, we I've noticed it on there. Yeah, yeah. Have it on the, yeah. On, like, the they want more um, acapellas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not a cappella, instrumentals. Instrumentals. Which means I wouldn't be on it. They don't quite work as training montages when they use mm-hmm. them on that. I have to say, it's not like Rocky or something like that. Where yeah. you've got oh, you haven't heard a new album yet, though, have you? <laughs> yeah. It's basically music for you to go to the gym, too. Yeah. <laughs> Naked. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, that lay, yeah. does that lead us on any well? I'm not sure it does. Um, first of all, shall we hear from Gus on the Bradford game then? Well, if, if you talk about the the whole game, the tie, I think it's a proper cup tie. Proper English football, the ones I I watch, you know, from Uruguay when I used to see the 80s and the 90s FA Cup proper ties. So I think it was a proper one. Very noisy, full stadium, difficult conditions, and the players giving it all. So I, I don't think you need to hide behind anything from apart the accepting that... Uh, Bradford done a couple of things better than us and the referee didn't give what everybody thinks, believes, saw, analysed. It was a clear penalty and a, a record. So uh, those decisions in key moments in the game, you can make the game go one way or the other. Um, the players try the best. I don't have any any regrets, any complaints about how the players or my players approach the game and play the game. So, uh, you know, all the best to, to Bradford in the next round. I saw people today taking more elbows in the face than ever and they were not afraid to go in the next one and jumping over and 50-50 which um, you can get hurt 
and people went for it and uh, they tried. Uh, everyone with their ability, you know, they are not all the same. Like a Bradford player, they are not all the same. You know, it's a, it's a way of playing the game. If, uh, like I said, we considered a too easy goal, but we get back in the game, the game was for us completely. So it was a matter of uh, getting that goal before the second. There was more that Gus said, of course, Martin, after the game that, that's made the news when he, people are saying he took on the media and stuff. Um, he's either feeling the pressure, or this is a very elaborate way of taking the pressure off his it seems, players. It seems a bit <laughs> insane to accuse the media of like misquoting him when there was like 20 odd people in the room recording what he said. Um, there's really kind of no denying that he said what he said after after QBR. I mean, obviously you can put spins on it in, in like an intro mm. and whatever, but <clears throat> the quotes that are in the paper are are like what he said at the post-match match press. Do you think it's a QBR one? Because Gareth and I were talking earlier off there, and I was saying then that he, the, the Quinn and Phillips stuff he said earlier. I think that could that you know that was spun, wasn't it, in a way? But I think do you think it was a QBR game where he came out like you said, and he, he was pretty black and white with what he said then, wasn't he? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I was thinking today that there's, you know, there's sections of people that you don't want to fall out with if you're a football manager. Obviously, the chairman is like is one of them, but the fans and the media are the, mm. are the other ones, uh, and he's like ostracising people on a daily basis. Do you think Jose Mourinho would, would get praised for this kind of um, kind of taking the pressure off his players almost? It's an interesting. I mean, perhaps he is protecting his players a bit, but. Um... I mean, I noticed on the back of the echo today that Wes Brown came out and said that the players haven't been trying and they need to stand up and be counted for kind of thing. So uh, it's, there's not a, a unanimous kind of... Like, you don't sense you know, he's as... They're not as, all um, being from the same page, yeah, are they? You, you, you know? don't sense he's as calculated as Mourinho when it comes out with stuff like that. It seems no. to be more uh, just a reaction. He, he hand, we talk about it all the time, Gareth, don't we? He handles defeat badly, doesn't he? And mm. sometimes he needs to think about what he's saying. I think yesterday he was... He just... I've never seen... <laughs> Never seen him like that before after a game. Um, he was different and he, he sort of gave this. He gave a textbook, what I would say, PR driven post match to us. I mean, that was pretty bland that we played. That's, it lasted four and a half minutes and that's the best stuff we've got. And it was just generic. It's full of cliches, wasn't it? Really? Some, but he doesn't normally do that. So maybe he's gone, I can't say anything. And then something somebody said has riled him. He wasn't very happy with Simon Pride, was he? Some of the questions he asked and actually sort of had a bit of a go at Simon. Um, so I don't know if that set him off. And then when he's gone into the, the papers next, I mean, we'd gone by then, but then we were in the car and I was looking on Twitter and there's all these quotes. He's blaming the press and all this. I think it was quite interesting that some of the nationals who maybe don't see Sunderland every week jumped on this and started twisting, oh, bl- blaming us, it's all our fault, which is a load of rubbish. Um, and then they did that... They sort of d- proceeded to misquote him and twist his words to suit their agenda, which basically just proved Poyet's point. So I think there's a a balance to things, like we were saying before about the um, the whole Quinn and Phillips thing. He'd said stuff before that um, that had basically people were saying he was blaming everyone but himself. But his first words in that answer were, "I am responsible." Mm. So. But nobody put that in because, it, apart from the echo, because it doesn't—it's not interesting, is it? So, the the other side of the coin is he shouldn't really be coming out and saying anything of that sort after if he doesn't want to get dragged through the mill because, because they will. So, should be more aware, Martin. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think he should be. He's 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 like the manager of a multi-million pound business, and there's a whole PR team behind him. 
in the in the Sunderland Football Club press office. Um, and I think I think I think this is about a lot of managers. To be honest with you, I think if he's going to. He's obviously a very passionate, you know, it's a typical sort of South American attitude. He, he loves football, he hates losing, you know. Um and and I think like if he can't if he can't sort of like control what he's saying, then he should send somebody else in. Or like wait until he's calmed down. He should have waited until he's calmed down after the QBR game. And it's it's quite often that, you know, managers as great as Alex Ferguson would send somebody else in, you know, the the contracted to to like mm. to give quotes after the game. But when he's been ill, <clears throat> other people have done it. You know, I don't think like if he if he can't be trusted, and he can't control what he's saying. You know, he's managing our football club, and he's and he's sort of he's not really doing it very well. But I think you know when we had Steve Bruce, when he first came, a journalist from down in the middle and said to me like he'll always blame that covered him for Birmingham. He's like he'll always blame something. He'll never sort of say oh we weren't good enough today. And I think it would be quite refreshing if managers just came in sometimes and said we were second best all over the park. They wanted it more than us. They deserve to win. We're out of the cup. We apologise to the travelling fans for the terrible performance. We'll try and we'll try and um, make amends on Saturday. Get up and walk out of the room. He's, he's done. His, he's done his conference. Then you know, like he doesn't need to say anything else. It's just interesting about uh, sending somebody else out because I mean, when when you think about the way he's, he's he's composed himself, Michael, by the time a match comes around, so the pre-match press conferences and he's always really measured in what he says and thoughtful he's almost firefighting his comments from the previous game isn't he so that would seem to indicate that he's just he's acting because of his emotional state yeah I think people often forget about Poyet as he's he's still learning his trade he's never managed a Premier League club before Sunderland and he's, he's learning how to handle the media because Whatever, when you're in the championship, when you're in League One, like De Canio was, nobody cares what you think, apart from, you know, uh, you know the local the papers, cross, essentially. The circle, yeah. You know, you're not, they're not interested on Sky Sports, they're not interested, you don't get on match of the day, you're on at 1am on the Football League show. And, you know, for Sunderland, he's learning his trade, he's making mistakes, he's making them by losing games, saying the wrong things in the media... Hopefully he's learning from them and can, you know, I hope he can take us on and I think he will if he keeps his job, which I think he will as well, to, you know, be a successful manager and, you know, he'll maybe go on and do something at a, a bigger club one mm. day and, you know... We'll, you know <laughs> he almost seems to have regressed from, like, last season. He yeah. he came in under loads of pressure um, and we were bottom of the league. Maybe he was in a no-lose situation because we were already down, you know. Um, but he didn't really spit his dummy out last year apart from after the Hull game. You know, which he was obviously heavily, heavily criticised. I mean, another thing is, I spoke to quite a lot of journalists today doing interviews, and there's definitely a conspiracy theory that like Defoe could have played. He, he kind of hinted that maybe Defoe needed a rest. Um, you know, and then obviously instead we played like a striker who's never scored for us, and and then another striker who scored one and fifteen. When he could have at least had Defoe on the bench, and his choice of keeper as well yesterday was an error. We were obviously going to get bombarded airily. And everyone knows that like Manone isn't as good as Pantilamon is is coming for crosses and doesn't you know like he punches instead of catches or he doesn't come. Um, and the same thing about just pumping the ball up to Fletcher and Graham for their centre halves who have it every week. That they must have just been rubbing the hands like like why should Sunderland was that pre-planned? Do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, he kind of we we kind of almost had a warm up against QBR for the system we were going to play yesterday in a way. You know, just started launching the ball forward, 
we haven't done it since he's been at the club. Which, ironically, the fans don't want us to do, even though Poyet's kind of made comments before him yeah, playing. Exactly. I think some of them might want it, but lots not of to different that extent. fans not want that different extent, things. Right? If, if you've got somebody up front... Not just hopeful punts down in but you the need, channels. You need someone to be able to hold it up. If he was going to play that, he should have started with Wickham, because he's, you know, the best of the three in <laughs> well, the air. Well, he's big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, none of them are great at holding the ball up, you know, but... Like why? Why pander to a team two leagues below us and change your system? If we're playing Barcelona, you know, then or even someone like half decent, but we're playing like a League One team and we we changed the system. They played football on the ground on that pitch. I think they played football in areas that they got into because they went long first, and that was mm. I think that was always going to be the way to play the game was to to get it forward um, and then win corners throw in stuff like that pick up second balls and then you can play in the final third mm. Sunderland didn't do that and he, he clearing the ball I mean we were talking about saying before the game clearing the ball is difficult on that surface you're not going to clear the ball through like every time so you, basically if you can't get out you get penned in mm. and that's when chances can occur and you saw from their second goal that's exactly what happened Johnson couldn't get out a bad clearance that you know I mean, a, a footballer who can't kick a ball twenty yards in the air. I mean, you don't see that very often. Straight to the straight to Hansen, he knocks it down, and they score from it. And that's if, if Johnson had run out, yeah, like then instead would have been offside, but yeah. instead he just stood still. I don't think so he had time to like react. Maybe I, I he, he could have run off the pitch. <laughs> maybe <laughs> he's but, right um, next to the touchline. But I think uh, so, what Sunderland just basically didn't do enough of. If they want to go along, that's fine, but they've got to pick up setting balls. I don't think they want a setting ball all day. The 4-4-2 means you're far too easy to play through. I mean, even in the second half, they went with stead up front and they put Hansen wide left. Yeah. So they went to five across the middle to stop, and they just pick up every setting ball. You can't play it like, I hate that traditional 4-4-2 when it goes like that because it looks horrible. You can't retain the ball. I mean, Bridcut did okay, but he's no like he's not going to like powerhouse his way through the midfield, is he? It was just... Sunderland basically didn't show the application required. I'm not saying they didn't try, because I think they did, but they didn't show the application needed on that surface in those conditions against that team. Mm, I um, agree. I mean, if, if he if he didn't play Virginie because he's more of a footballer and he's not used to that kind of, you know, he wants to like have the ball on the ground and, and, and show off his skills, then why play Alvarez, who was just like a non-entity? Oh, I thought it was strange, um, the, the 4-4-2 thing, and... Uh, Playing Johnson and Alvarez because n- neither could run with the ball because of the pitch. Johnson a few times tried to sort of accelerate f- away from the defender and he couldn't. He couldn't get far because of the pitch. So it's tr- it's strange to me that Poyet saw anti four four two playing the wingers <coughs> and he picked this game on that pitch to go I've, with that system. I think he's put Alvarez in as well because the amount of stick he got for putting Gomez in on Tuesday mm. against QBR. Mm. And he, I think he succumbed to that little bit and, and then stuck Alvarez on from the start. Because of his performance at Fulham as well. Well, he should, have, well he should have started anyway last Tuesday. Yeah, because of Rodwell and Catamull like, not being available, he didn't really have much choice in midfield. But the midfield for the last two games has been too nice. You know, you need to like. So, would you not. So, like, so Gareth's just touched on that. Would you not. Would this not be a game when you try and pack in midfield to, try, have, to yeah. try and gain an element of control? Mm. Yeah. But, then, but if he did that, he'd be like, "Oh, negative, negative." That's the thing. It's he's in a situation now where, and this, I'm not saying that this is of his own, like doing because the, it's result pressure. It's it's pure result pressure that these things are happening because he hasn't won games. He's having to change things. But we were on he's, a good run before QBR, you know. 
well, we'd by our standards, yeah, we'd, won, what, we'd won a match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were winning three, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, or something. So, yeah, but, um, a week's a long time in football, isn't it? <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I, I, I think. When's this going out? Is this after the? It's not after the West Brom game. We could might have to edit it down. No, no, no. Something. Yeah. I've lost my We could look like fools or something. Can <laughs> well, we do that all the time? I think look it's. Like um, it's just there's, there's a situation brewing now where Poyet's got so far away from what he wanted to do that he's got so far down that line into this sort of darkened forest that like he can't he can't get back out again you know he's, he's people are accusing him of not changing stuff right but he has changed stuff he's changed loads of stuff and that's the problem he's now. almost went too he's gone too far uh, down the other way and now mm. we've lost I was saying it really disappoints us it, it's sad that after you remember when he first came played Newcastle 4-4-2 won the game battled mm. played Southampton in the week and it was a different team, the past state, you know, possession football, it was great. When everyone was saying, what are we going to do against Man City? He went into the game the same way. I was thinking, I haven't seen a Sunderland side pass a ball like this in my life. The goal for Bardi, I think there was 30 passes in the move, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he thought, this is, I was excited, I thought, this is great. It went a bit wrong, he came back around and he sort of made, moved it up the pitch a bit. It, got, it was a little bit quicker. And now this season, in searching for short-term results um, while trying to re- maintain this long-term plan, he's completely lost what he's trying to do. Do you think the arrival of Jermaine Defoe's helped on, on, on that front? Because he he stuck with the system, didn't he? he Defoe's came in, he said, I need to play two up front, and he's changing it week by week, and it's week week he's saying it's a little bit of an identity, identity crisis at the moment. Do you think that's fair? Again, again I think he's pandering a bit towards the, 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 the sh- shouts from the terraces a little bit there, because He's had he's had strikers all the time, you know. He, he could have played two strikers up front mm. without when Defoe wasn't at the club, you know. Mm. But now he's here. He's like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll try this. I know I don't know if he's because of the two similar players, you know, like Alador Graham and it's Fletcher. Probably, but it's probably as simple as like Defoe saying, "Am I going to be playing up front on my own? Because if I am, I'm not coming." Well, there's no point in him playing up front. Well, that, but there's no point in Fletcher like, playing yeah. up front on his own either. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, think... but like, but I think honestly, I think that's what's happened. That Defoe sort of said like. If I'm going to be playing up front on my own, it isn't going to work because you know, like Darren Bent couldn't play up front on his own. Mm. Like you need to be an all-round player, mm. and we haven't, we haven't. None of our strikers are like you know. Wigan might be in time because he's got the physical attributes when he can be bothered, um, and he's shown glimpses of of like brilliance, but also glimpses of <clears throat> you know, sort of uninterest. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why they're doing it because of. Playing Defoe on his own would be would be ridiculous, and he's he's had that sort of hand in the negotiations by saying, you know, he needs somebody to to lay the ball on for him to to score the goals. You yeah. look you look at the Burnley game though, and he he pretty much played the Poyet system, whatever you want to call it, with the wide forward coming from the left, Defoe through the middle, Johnson on the right, and then he had three centre midfielders, and then the back four, um, and it it worked. Won the game two nil. Um, and then since then, I mean, to be fair, Fulham, we looked really good at Fulham, I thought, in the diamond that he played. But he's, that, changed, he's changed every game, hasn't he? He's almost? changed every game now, I think. But people have asked, people have seen, he's got to change, he's got to adapt. They can't listen since Wednesday. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he is listening, but what I'm saying, he is changing and adapting, trying things. Sometimes it's working, sometimes it isn't. But it's been, that's almost been used as a stick to beat him with. It, it's weird. It's all because of results, that's what we're saying. I mean, if you win games, 
it doesn't matter how you win, no one's bothered. I mean, under Reid in his first season, when we got promoted to the Premier League 95-96, it wasn't exactly thrilling stuff, was it? It was pretty functional. Um, drew a lot of games, sort of nicked a lot of 1-0, mm. stuff like that. And then he took that on, gradually. Played the following four, season, he played Paul Stewart up, up front yeah. on his own. He scored four goals all season, including penalties. You know, it, it wasn't exactly... People say it's the best football they remember, but... He got us relegated twice and promoted twice. Yeah. So it took but him if you've time. got Niall Quinn in the time. team, you're going to play yeah. that system, aren't you? If you haven't got Niall Quinn, well, he you played Quinny up front on his own in that season in the mm. in the uh, Premier League that first time because he was limited by the the options that he had, and it took him time. And that took him what to get to the playoff season. That was three full seasons and the back end of the first one wasn't it so but he still he had like David Kelly who was like who scored goals yeah. for fun at Newcastle he put him, on, he the put him on the left wing yeah. so he didn't he really did have options to do it but he Michael just decided Bridges played midfield in the yeah, Premier exactly. League you know? Martin exactly. Smith played midfield in the Premier League I think Craig Russell might have played from wide at yeah. times so not, I mean we're you know, we're, we're hankering for Retro. the uh, hankering <laughs> for the read days again here. We're going to get wrong off off uh, Poyet. We're not going to But I. But it's not. It's not as if Sunderland fans only like understand, you know, like Route One football and all that type of stuff. It's. It's. I think it's a bit disrespectful. Well, like anybody I know went to the game yesterday was complaining that it was two, two Route One. I mean, I know we've touched on that earlier anyway. Mm. But so that's sort of proof, isn't it? That yeah. that isn't he's the case. missing some real key players. Lee Catamulls, you know, I mean, it would have been a different game, you know, against Bradford if Catamull played. When when it comes down to a punch up, Sunderland are going to get beat mm. because there's nobody going to, there's nobody up for that fight. Yeah, and and he would, and when when Catamull plays and it's a punch up, everyone else joins in with him as well, and they start closing down quicker, and you know and. And you know, and there is still that side of the the modern game, and, and it certainly is a League One level, which is you know where yeah, there wasn't enough we steel were. in the midfield, and there hasn't been you know, and obviously he signed Rodwell, who hasn't really been a success, but he's still a physical presence, but he wasn't available either, and yeah. I think Bridcut got shown up. He should have taken Alvarez off and put Buckley on. Quite why he only made Buckley one was change. On the bench, was he? I thought he was. No, I don't think he was, was he? Oh, well, you should have had him on the bench. <laughs> yeah. I think he's injured. He's got a knee problem. I think. Right, he's, he's injured as well. I was saying Michael, yesterday, actually, that uh, Buckley would have probably been probably a good suit, fit for yeah. that game. Yeah. Ironically, yeah, but Michael well, mentioned... Uh, would be. People say he's a championship player, you know. <laughs> mentioned Lee Catamol there, and Adam Cruz tweeted, saying two questions. How is Catamol's absence affecting us so much? And the second question is, do you expect Poyet to resign before he's sacked? Take I think which, take whichever Catamull, one you want. You know, I, I, it's obvious that answer, isn't it? It's, it's well, a yeah, part, it's isn't it? his um, enthusiasm, you know, sort of is infectious. His I think to the rest well of the, the side, team yeah. when he he closes down quickly, he puts blocks in, and I, th- I think the other the the lads around him in midfield see him He's doing this, and, it's, and it rubs yeah. it rubs yeah. off. And the Sunderland crowd, it only takes one good hard tackle and the roar that goes up yeah. is incredible and the players feel it and then it can change the momentum of a game from a very negative one where you look like you're going to lose to you know and you, and you, saw, st- you, you saw that second half QPR didn't you where there were suddenly the players yeah. were, they were quicker to the tackle they were yeah. harder in the tackle and the crowd got behind the team which, which again I think that's why when Poyet said and what he did and one or two of the things that spurred that on was Sunderland 
played three or four intricate passes, mm-hmm. and it was just that. I think I went out for a call. got everyone and, and, excited, and, and the yeah, crowd and like really got behind them. We don't expect that much, you know. That's all. That's all the team yeah. have to do if they want the crowd on side. Just play yeah. good football, you know. What I mean, just a little bit of intensity, yeah. And desire. Yeah, I think that you know, I think we always pretty much dedicate about fifteen minutes to every podcast. So he can't all to be fair. Well, he deserves it. I mean, <laughs> he's just. I think he's a class act. I mean, I know people have got his detractors for whatever reason, and I can understand that. But at the same time, like you say, he's just he's the, he's driving force. He's like Mister Sunderland. You know, when he's when he plays, he's immense and like. Keep going back to it. Captain decide in the Premier League at 17 years old. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got something about him. He's had something about him. You know, for 10 years at, at this level, it's just a real shame that those injuries keep on cropping up. And when's he looking like being back? Uh, I think he's back on Saturday, so right. that would be that's massive. I mean, you forget, you forget that he that he isn't there, and uh, you know, you take it for granted when you know when he's there, and it's just. Like you say, we could have done with yesterday, mind you. If he put a any anything near a slightly heavy tackling yesterday, I think. Mm. I mean, the, the, that first twenty-five minutes of refereeing is possibly the worst refereeing performance I can recall. Mm. It was absolutely disgraceful. Well, I mean, it was almost came in waves, isn't it? He didn't give us anything, and then when he gave us one free kick, he started giving us all the decisions. And then the Bradford fans were complaining. It was it was almost as if the referee. Yeah. But I think I think people for, people realise now that. You know, when you're passing the ball around, keeping possession, there's not many stops to the game, and you're tiring the other team out. But when you play like the long ball, which both teams were really, um, <clears throat> every time it gets played forward, there's a 50-50 chance yeah. it's going to be a free kick, and then you stop, and the referee becomes the centre of attention. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, it was like that one we had Quinn, where towards the end it was either a foul on him or he was fouling someone, mm-hmm. and then there's no fluency in the game, and mm-hmm. then every almost every minute there's a free kick. It's. I mean, that's not football for me. But no, I I agree. It was it was frustrating. I mean, the goal. I mean, should have defended the free kick better when it came in. It wasn't obviously. a free kick though. Was I, but it? it was pathetic. I mean, how was he given that? He just fell over. I, I, Brown was like this, like yeah. holding his hands up behind him, nowhere near him, and he just collapsed. Surprised John. You keep giving these laughing. visual cues on the podcast. Our listeners can't see. Yeah. You do this every <laughs> week. I did. Now. I said. I did. I said. Well well hand up. But, <laughs> I, but I mean that. I mean, I know we're gonna. We don't like to do the whole dwell on the referees, but no, go on. I, can't, I, can't, Let's them. I cannot remember a penalty. Not like it was just the most penaltyest penalty on you'll ever hand, see. Hand, how many how many touches do you need? I know you threw one on one yeah. on the keeper. Maybe that's why I didn't give it. You just yeah. thought you, you're not you're not having one for that. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. that was <laughs> so <laughs> awful. Yeah, you're not get, don't think you're getting away with it like that. You know, like, we know he's got a bad first <laughs> touch, but why take two? Yeah. You know, yeah. it was like, bizarre. Like he could have just put it straight yeah. in. He's so yeah. left footed. He needed he, he needed it like extra <laughs> on his left. I yeah. think he had to get it right away from his other one. You uh, lose, you lose. But well. At the same time, though, I Andre agree. Mariner, because this was the last one who didn't give us the most penaltyest of penalties ever, which oh, twice yeah. against Hull. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Steve Bruce complained the following week when they got a handball against them. But the, the thing is about the last. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Two games is we could have actually quite easily won or drawn them as well. We created enough chances against QBR. We're just, we're just conceding stupid goals early on, and then you're always chasing the game. Well, I laid this on that Jim Holmes has, has tweeted saying... Even if we do win against West Brom, although uh, we'll be discussing that on Thursday, Jim, listen then, um, will it just paper over the cracks? Because Gus keeps making the same mistakes, but I don't think... The squad's not that great, is yeah, it? You know what I mean? If, if, like, if you win, it makes a big difference, though, doesn't it? That's when you're well, down yeah, there, sure. especially against a team who's near in the table. I mean, someone started a thread off on the message board a week, a week ago exactly saying, if we win against QBR, yeah. the rest of the season is going to be boring. So... I don't know what that guy wants. Obviously, he's saying masochist or something like that. Was it you, Gareth? <laughs> no, I was on a different message board. For that. Uh, see, I disagree. That I think the squad is. I don't. I, I think the squad's better than its um, league position reflects. To be honest, you know what I mean. You look at the sides around us. They they would kill for Jack yeah. Greeny and Alvarez. And Johnson and a sign of like Rodwell who can't really make an impact. And, and who wouldn't have given the left arm for Defoe any of the bottom twelve? But Gardner and Sessegnon look pretty good for West Brom and mm. against against West Ham. Yeah. You know, the, 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 so what you say, Michael, is one the manager good enough to get. A, a well, game no, 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 I'm joking. I'm, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think losing those three key players last, like at the end of last season, Alonso, Verini, and Key, like the, the, obviously the players that have replaced them, either haven't been available, haven't been fit, haven't proved themselves yet um, and obviously it took us that long to get to Foen, so like he, re- he was re- replacing Barini in a kind of way, different player but mm. um, Does it remind you a little bit, guys, of when Martin O'Neill had a sort of system and he was getting criticised for not playing two up front and then yeah. he went and brought Danny Graham mm-hmm. and he put Danny Graham up front with Fletcher it didn't work, and then suddenly everything unravelled. Mm. I think that's what's happening now. It's similar. It's that point in the season is it, where the manager at Sunderland Football Club over the last five, six years has seemingly tried everything, and then is replaced. You know, it's, I think we're at that. Towards like that point, it, it is. Like yeah, that. is yeah. it us? Maybe, maybe he's poor. It must be us. I guess it is hard, in the, you know, sort of, you know, we get bigger crowds than Chelsea and Tottenham, and. Mm. Um, you know, we've most people in Sunderland, if they're like me, have nothing else in their life to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go on about all week. You know, definitely so, put me in that category. Yeah, <laughs> so it's you know, I guess I guess it is a an odd one. You know, for managers who come to clubs like Sunderland and Newcastle, where they're playing this I've, huge, um, I've, you know, huge stadiums with passionate supporters. Uh, but the the problem Sunderland has is they they can't attract top players. They can attract players who can't get a game for. Bigger clubs, um, older players, or 
players from the championship mm. and if any of them God, well, we're going to have this conversation forever if any of them we? are successful this is, yeah. this is quite good. This, there's an introduction yeah. to the last podcast and it says uh, <laughs> this week we'll be looking at a disappointing week for Sunderland and discussing what's next is, it, is this going to be used every week yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's Michael Proctor's that's Michael he likes to Johnny's introductions yeah, do you know what it does remind us of a little bit this period of time uh, you remember when um, we got beat off Wigan away when Bruce was in charge and the crowd really turned that game and it was all like you mentioned that before this what it feels game. like this, this West Brom game could be that game you mentioned that Gareth yeah, elaborate on that because that's exactly what you night. said to me mm. when I said like, it feels a bit like that like we're on at the point yeah, where yeah that's what it feels like however much you want Poyet to succeed and buy into buy into what he wants to do mm-hmm. it becomes results become indefensible yeah, he hasn't done enough to get sacked for me but then in modern day football I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like if he if he did get the boot. But we just seem to be in this kind of cycle of, yeah. like getting to this point of the season where people start getting worried. And uh-huh. it's not like last year where we were bottom of the league all year and he was playing catch exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. You know, like we've never actually been. Have we been in a relegation? No, place? well, Poyer made that point of the media as well when, when when he when he was sort of I don't want to say attacking them, but that was a valid. <laughs> was point. That was a valid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a valid point he made though, wasn't it? When he's saying like yeah. because I think somebody said, have you ever? felt this most, much pressure after the defeat before and he, yeah. he just reminded them that we were bottom sort of harpooned at the bottom of the table when he came in if and we haven't been in the relegation if you wanted to like, sympathise with him and stick up for him you'd say like well he didn't get Barini and as he said since he couldn't have bid for anybody else so he's had to tread water for half the season until he gets a striker in we've kind of just got the striker in um, we had a bit of an upturn following that like lost a home game to QBR and then obviously that was that was terrible on Sunday but I think people need to get a bit real. We've been getting letters in saying I've supported Sunderland for 60 years and this is the worst I've ever seen. But like, That's ridiculous. Did they remember yeah. the third division season? Mm. Did they remember that Menemy? Did they remember Buxton? Did they remember know? De Canio? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The final days of that, Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Well, like 15-point season and 19-point season. If we're actually mm. in the top flight, then, you know, between like if our, our history from the 60s, actually being in the top flight this is the longest we've been in it's like and Poyet once Knightley he swapped Altidore for that's got to yeah. be exactly when he said you'd give your left arm for Defoe he just gave all of Altidore yeah. 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 but I uh, come back to a point actually you, you made before Michael that's quite interesting is you said about the attendance and I think when you look at the average attendance say Chelsea and Sunderland that are very similar and you look at the match day revenue Sunderland's about thirty million and Chelsea's about seventy five million. Wow, and and, it? and it's the same. And that's that's the gulf when you're talking about attracting players to the club and stuff yeah. like that. It's the money, it's the revenue. I mean, Manchester City are in a situation, you know, where they can basically cheat because their their owner decides that they're gonna sponsor their stadium and give them four hundred million quid of extra revenue that they can spend on Do transfers. Sure not have this kind of money. Can, I mean that'd be great yeah. if so it's just go on lads, yeah. knock your socks off, he's yeah. whoever you want. He's obviously not really yeah. been to start with he put it in, didn't he? And now he's just kind of putting bits of money in and then probably realising that you can spend a load of money on Fletcher and Johnson and it doesn't necessarily mm. and, doesn't work. And Jan and yeah. Bent well, it's and been this year, yeah, yeah, whoever exactly. you want to go through. But you have years. to buy more than you, if you look at the amount of money that Liverpool have wasted over over recent times. You have to buy five players for like three of them to work really well, one of them to be okay, and one of them to fail. It doesn't always work, especially when you're having foreign players. You know, I mean, they still think Alador's a good player in America, don't they? 
mm-hmm. we know different. <laughs> I think as well. Um, we're having the same conversation every like three times a season now, aren't we? We're just yeah. never going to get away from it, aren't we? I think, yeah. I think we can't. We have to like stick by the manager. And yeah, then no, not I agree. Kind I agree. Of, like another miracle worker coming in, and then and then twelve months later, yeah. we're sacked yeah. up for being useless. It's and like and, 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 what happened and, last yeah, season. And, and, if, and, if, and if he's got to change the way we're playing now, because. Um, the f- dictated by the fans or whatever, or whether it's just Jermaine Defoe's arrival, then this is the sort of trial and error period, isn't it? And he just d- deserves a little bit of time mm. to try and get it right. Well, on the on the point of getting it right in time and long term and short term, we were having a discussion about this again yesterday and, and then today with me and Stephen. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing that thing where I point and assume <laughs> yeah. that everyone can see me. Um, about long-term and short-term plans now the issue is as we've said before he's got this long-term plan at the moment he's struggling to get the results in the short term to justify that but you know as a club like Sunderland it's difficult for us to compete at the top you know we've only really got the cups to hang on to and we only really have seen bothered about them in the last few years because before the sem- after the semi-final in 2004 we were pretty abject in most mm. competitions um, and it's this desire to, to get up the league but I don't think Sunderland fans, I think Sunderland fans are generally realistic and they don't really have those desires because they understand how difficult it is. Now, one side of the argument says if you have this almost short-term stabilising, you go through the 18, 24-month cycles of managers and you go to the match and you enjoy it for nine months when it's going well and then you hate it for six months when it's bad and then you sack the manager and you go through the cycle again, or you stick with somebody who maybe isn't getting it right at the moment, but maybe you understand that they do have a long-term vision, but it's really painful at the moment. And, you you know, it comes to that point where our Sunderland, a club that can facilitate a long-term plan because will people not accept it, but are people going to enjoy the football, enjoy going, enjoy spending the money on the entertainment factor? Are, they just, are people just happy with that or... Well, when he's watching Sunderland, ever been like an enjoyable I know, experience? Well, obviously, but it it is for little spells. Like when O'Neill came in, it was it yeah. was fantastic, wasn't it? But but that's the whole thing that like if it's when it's good, it's good because it's 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 comparative to like when it's rubbish. If you won every yeah. week, it would be boring. You know, it actually was a little bit boring when 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 we did that when we had that amazing season under Reid and we were beating Tranmere and Oxford like you, you know thought that was boring it was nice boring <laughs> but like you knew nice we were going to win yeah. you know 5-0 yeah. today is it yeah. but yeah, I, I yeah, actually yeah. I mean was. Yeah. P- people are also going on I mean obviously I don't want us to go down but people are going on as if like if we were left the Premier League it would be the ultimate mm. you know but I think going down to Bradford yesterday and meeting their fans proved that there's like real football you know I, I met people from Bradford who'd been going for years who were like enjoying the football uh, a lot more than we've been this season you know and you go down to Chelsea and Man U there's just lots of people from all over Europe and and from down south it's the same at Liverpool you, like you meet a lot of real football fans like in the championship I don't want to experience it but I, I think if we were to go down it wouldn't be the end of the world I think that I think there are we try to convince ourselves I think, last year we're not like uh, all going down didn't, didn't we I think Aye. the rock. <laughs> they, they, I think you get that in the the desire. They, but all those clubs that you're talking about, they want to get up to the Premier League as well, sure. as much as we, you know, don't want to get relegated because, you know, as the cliche goes, it's the place to be. You have got to be in the Premier League and all that. And it's it's finding that balance. It's like I think football fans are torn now between this 
you know, this desire to be in the, at the top and this desire to win to, four to, games do you a just, season. Do, yeah. you just think, do you just think, though, that winning the majority of your winnable home games would, would suffice, wouldn't it? Well, certainly the home performances would go a long way, yeah. you know, like, of course, how people, many yeah. games we in the last and two years, years, fans three years be... have we won at home, seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. you probably didn't count them on your I mean, hands. Like. Kane did a year, didn't he, of being unbeaten at home, and then we lost it. Against Blackpool, and I think, which would have made it a full year for Haddon. And that's probably the last time yeah. the fans were really on side and behind this, the team, yeah. when, arguably. Yeah. When King was here. And, trans, and we nearly got relegated so you know, a couple of times under him. When um, once under him and once when Sabriga came in and finished the season, we were nearly relegated twice. But the fans were all on side then because, mm. as Michael says, we were winning the winnable home games but they were also we? galvanised from that season in the, in the championship were, yes. which was magic yes. you know what I mean and yeah. you, you get a whole new generation of like young supporters coming through you know having a, the positive experience of winning most games you know lots and of, all lots the late of wins, winners, winners yeah. as well. but if, if, you, if you could trade for ex- so we were trying to think where we won this season in the league Crystal Palace is one right the brain right the brain Newcastle of course yeah yeah well I can't oh, yeah, include yeah, that yeah. one yeah. but say for example if you could trade the the Crystal Palace away result for the latest one QPR or even Hull on Boxing Day fans will be a little bit happier do you think oh, they yeah. probably would but then yeah. you know the, the hardcore who go home and away probably you know deserve those yeah those but, wins but for generally going fans will be happier because night. you're winning your home games I th- I yeah that's exactly I mean the pain, the pain well you could have the same amount of points as we do now the and the mood would be money, different the pain good money to buy that season ticket you know and it's coming up to renewal time the club have announced a price freeze and everything but as a product it's not really that, you know. If it was a meal, you'd send it back, wouldn't you? <laughs> but like I think in def- <laughs> having Defoe is going to make a difference to those kind of games because a lot of these games that have been draws at home, it would have made it. If it would have made that difference, I think to turn a couple of them. I mean, even really they're still not creating that many chances. Yeah, and I mean, and we didn't in the whole game on Boxing Day, but um, he still managed to have four or five shots on goal just by half chances and that. And you think, oh. You know, yeah. we've been missing someone and who could just sling the, the foot at it, you know, in the box. And I think mm. over time, hopefully Defoe can do that for us and we'll get some home wins. And I think if you start, you know, you've got to start making your, your, the stadium light a bit more of a fortress. It's never really been a fortress in, since it's been built for me, really. Like, you know, uh, pe- hey, teams if- should fear coming to the away ground, but it looks like an, yeah. a, a winnable three points. For now I know that if they can, like, sort of shut up shop. Or get an early goal, then the you know the fans are going to sort of turn against them mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like a negative. It's like a vicious oh, you're circus. Gonna, you're going to get all these conversations. McFadden uh, slams <laughs> supporters. I just want to say that some of them are the greatest fans. <laughs> uh, each and every one of you. Do you know, you know when we were losing against Chelsea in the League Cup. And the atmosphere was awful, and there's hardly anyone there. And then a guy <laughs> ran uh, on the yeah. pitch yeah. and showed them all his. No, it was another one. He ran on the pitch yeah. with his top off and yeah. showed them all his willy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I just in the crowd. Not your dad. Hi, <laughs> 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 <My> dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. But, but it whipped the crowd up and the players. So I and just yeah. if we're ever losing or whatever, if he could just come on in there, yeah. get yeah. everyone yeah. going there, like you know, kind of lucky mascot. <laughs> well, if you want, if you want to take that in the West Brom game, Michael. Yeah, well. I'll be looking out you for you when we're going to If we go a goal down, you, you heard it here. I'm, I'm coming on. Michael's always got a positive spin. <laughs> that isn't a bad shout, actually. Maybe we'll have a word. We'll send he an changed email or the game single-handedly. You know, and, and we're, you know, and we're, arguably the season. Yeah, well, you know, Martin, Martin will give a free T-shirt. Anybody, who, mm-hmm. any of our listeners who want to go on the pitch and do that, then I'll make yeah, up for yeah. being banned. There is an yeah, argument that it did change the season that moment because. You know, we went on, we beat Chelsea, then, you know, it lifted us against, you know, went on... No, it's true, it's true. 
Fantasy you should, league. You should be a motivational <laughs> yeah, yeah. coach. I'm well, happy to be fair. Both. Yeah. <laughs> was to be fair, I'm happy to go out on that, Gareth. <laughs> <'Cause laughs> I'm happy to go out on that, really, rather than a depressing chat about how crap Sunderland are. Well, I've got so I might as well move into your question of the week yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we had a question of the week this week. Was um, you can win two tickets to the to the West Brom game, isn't that? Wow. Nice. <laughs> Is that yeah. <laughs> the courtesy of the club as well, so... Nice. Like, some of the... I had the filter, so, like, I didn't want to put the thing out the day in case we got some aggressive answers, and I was thinking, <laughs> I can't... I can't... can't give the winner to a nasty answer when the club are giving us the tickets. That wouldn't be right, would it? Wouldn't be fair, because they're giving us a... It's a nice gesture to, when they give us tickets to give away, so, um... Here are the answers to the question that was... Um, Bradford's pitch, it was a bit of a... Talked about was a bit of a leveller. Which unusual tactics would you employ um, to uh, try and tip the balance Sunderland's way? You, you guys are be judging the winner of this. So, so only, I only okay. picked a few out. Um, so, so Graham Rooney suggested um, wheeling out Niall Quinn and sticking him in goal. Um, Rory Fallow suggested using Dynamo's. Rory Fallow. <laughs> yeah, he suggested using Dynamo's magic against him. He's got a season ticket. Why is he ain't yeah. <laughs> I know he, he has to be. Rory, Rory, don't only him. Rory, you Rory, I don't think you're going to win. Rory, yeah. Yeah. he wasn't going to win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Michael Stelling who said trying to strike the whole team. Um, with uh, Seb Larson's dashing good looks, you have to put one of them. And there's another good luck tweet as well. Uh, yes, good luck. David Conlon. Didn't work. Uh, oh, yesterday, didn't no, it? No, no, play seven yeah. Santies a front two and trying to strike the Bradford, trying to strike Bradford with their good looks. That seems to be a generic answer that we have to read out. Uh, Adam Crew said uh, everyone has to wear Josie masks. I don't know how that would have worked. To be um, fair, you haven't done that tweet justice because he's uh, Josie masks. Like, everyone wear Josie masks. That's funny that, than the way you read it. Is it? To be fair, uh, Gav but said. Uh, the sharp mouths till then. Have uh, <laughs> Jordi Gomez and his tractor like moving plant potatoes and carrots all around the pitch. <laughs> uh, her Halen playing well in the first thirty minutes. They won't expect that. Uh, Ryan Frost said Stephen Fletcher completing a pass enough to unnerve any opposition. They're all very funny, but yeah. I don't think was there a positive one in there? I don't um, think the, playing, the, playing the well. Gareth's delivery doesn't help. It would have helped if you smiled a little bit more. Laugh as you were reading the good looking one was the only remotely um, acceptable. But you got <laughs> two good looking ones, you see, so yeah. there was two positive uh, ones. We don't care who gets the tickets, really. I quite like that. Give that guy gets his way out. Just for a change. So you're going for playing well in the first 30 minutes Martin's voted for I mean it's a good uh, idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I'll uh, never catch on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly we need to start coming out from like the start and taking the game to another mm. team instead of letting it just come to us for so that, fall, that tweet's twofold then because it's yeah. humorous and it's accurate yeah. as well yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I think to get, to get the players going they need to uh, play mine and Frankie's music when they come out the tunnel to get yeah them, that'd be great get that, them like, fired up you know, they, they've stopped Playing anything? Now. I know. Just, I've actually, I actually um, it's suggested that they have a look at that because it's it's a bit of a wet fart in it when they it? come out. Yeah, What's I mean it's it, it does I'm work over... while they're in the tunnel, but when they come out, it's got to it's got to explode in yeah. uh, something off our new album. Yeah, what's that? Um, think yourself lucky. Yeah, yeah, our new hit single is not out yet. Martin's heard it. If you could pick it, not one of your songs, obviously, but if you could pick a song for the teams to come out and do, what would it be? Um, well, we always said that if we were everyone's uh, X Factor and they had to sing for survival, yeah. I'd sing Three, three Lions. Lions. <laughs> you can imagine the crowd's <laughs> reaction. <laughs> we can't really play that at a Sunland match, no, can you? No, not really. Um, I don't know. 
It's hard that there was a whole list on. on I always liked Z cars. I know it's not like doesn't mm. get everyone like fired it's up. Of it's kind of one now. Yeah. I, yeah. I know that we did. I remember as a we kid we used to come Z cars. Oh, and stuff, one thing but... we're talking about on two actually. Can I remember every time we scored when we first moved oh, the scene in the game? And Martin had a good start. What was what was the game? Yeah, when we played Middlesbrough and we're losing two 0 and then Bawley scored in the ninety-fourth minute. And Bawley was just like, yeah, like whatever. And then it was just like James Brown. And like I think the conversation ended where she said we'll have to agree to differ. And I said it, <laughs> it was, was it was it ridiculous, was, it I was remember. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Remember it well. Bring it back, us. But it wasn't original it wasn't original either. <laughs> it was cross Americanisation. Didn't Wolves yeah. didn't Wolves? Yeah, Wolves had it and probably loads of other lower league teams <laughs> I think goal music is just I think that's a, the general consensus is that it is yeah. a horrible yeah, it's almost as good as Nal Quinn's idea to like install a speaker system ins- yeah. inside the ground as they had, they, had, they had it in an American football game to like sort of amplify the crowd back them. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about that they did that at Le- when we were Leicester when they when they, we were at Leicester they did that I remember saying yeah, yeah. you turn around because the Leicester fans were singing from one end of the stadium mm. and then it sounded like they were coming behind us and you turn around there wasn't really anybody behind you yeah. so I'm sure they were doing that at Leicester mm. Mm. And I know there's some clubs uh, in the lower leagues who do pipe um, music like some music uh, crowd pipes. noise <laughs> pan pipes that would be, <laughs> that'd be quite good that would be pretty good half massage some some Patagonian vibes going on is like Will Buckley hurtles down the wing, <laughs> nice and gracefully. That would well, be quite when, good. Actually. When will that happen again? Well, he'll, he'll certainly run down the wing. Mm. But whether or not there's any anything happens is a, you know, I think in toss a coin. Toss but a anyway, easy <laughs> 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 rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> 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 That's a bit like quite exciting. That one run he did against Man United, and then take that out. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, on the subject oh. of this, we've uh, digressed. Um, her Harlan, at Her Harlan, you've won two tickets. But he's another American listener. So, by the way, if you want to listen to yeah, this, does, yeah. um, then if you want to listen, to, if you want to listen to this, the Laura will be listening if you want to listen. Yeah. Turned off by now. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> if, you, if for future reference, if you want to win tickets on Question of the Week or a prize on Question of the Week, you must listen and then get in touch with us because we're not going to give tickets to someone who's not going to listen to unless it gets right. to Friday and the club ask them what's happening with it then we'll make track yeah. yeah. I'll just give someone, them <laughs> someone will want them somewhere give them to a friend people Aye. yeah and if you're going to give away ALS t-shirts don't let Americans win it because yeah. it's too, too expensive to post <laughs> yeah well yeah he's probably listening and he probably feels devastated nothing against Americans that. you know yeah. like I don't mind well, actually, he, invading most countries in the world I remember he posted um, <laughs> he posted a picture of himself with the uh is Great escape book, oh, okay. um, and, and posted it, sent it to us and ELS Twitter. I remember just be, like he got it for Christmas. So Ellis, Ellis got it. Sorry, who got it? An this American, this guy, an American Ellis guy. Yeah, he, picked, he posted a picture of himself with his greatest the Sobs's book. <coughs> All right. He said, "Oh, That's look, cool. oh, look what I've got." But he's never been to Sunderland before. What are you doing? Why are you sporting Sunderland? Let him have the illusion. Let him something else with the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we'll, we'll post him that T-shirt. We'll just take yeah. the, we'll take the posters on the chin. Actually, Gareth that's, can that's pay. Cool. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, I will be paying the postage. That's yeah. But just finally, before we go out, I just want to know what people think. Sort of yes or no answer. Whether they would stick with Poyet. I think things are. I think we have to. There's been too many changes over the. You know, like I think it's just a natural knee-jerk reaction every time we get somewhere near the relegation spots. I mm. think for what he achieved last year, he deserves to be given 
the chance. Yeah, I, I agree with Martin. I think um, you know, give him give him more time. Let him let, let let's see what Defoe can do as well. Yeah, um, that's the key. For let's me. get Catmull back in the starting lineup. Catmull hasn't played with Defoe yet. You know, um, it it could be a different kettle of fish in two, three, four games time. You know, I, I agree. Know. Yeah, I'd stick with him as well. Plus. Who else would you bring in? Mm. Some crazy rumours on Twitter. Don't go there. It's a dark yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is a dark Somebody place. said Allardyce. Yeah, they? someone said Allardyce to me last night on the internet. I keep on getting abused by somebody on Twitter, actually. Cause, uh, so it's me. Because I've been, uh, <laughs> yeah, been quite sort of, say, a quite fair post. Like, just talking about game in general and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and I just keep getting this guy who's, like, attacking us. So, for, for the Does not he realise that you're a boring yet? formation <laughs> expert? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a formation expert. I'm just talking about football. Are um, you guys? What, what's your your guys? Think, no, I, thinking? Yeah, I agree oh, with I what agree, you guys yeah, are saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think he deserved just off the back of last season. And did the four things relevant for yeah. me as well. He, yeah. he he's brought him in, and he, he needs to be given a chance that he's going through. What we're doing now is a little bit trial and error, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I know it's a bit of a worry when you're hovering over the the relegation zone. And I think ultimately, as well as three worst teams, probably like you know Leicester. Yeah, the newly you know, promoted teams down, are like, actually weaker this year, which is Palace, to our advantage. Know. Yeah. I think I really think the, I think the QBR appointment was a good one <clears throat> for us for me because mm. that could wear off quite quickly. Couldn't yeah, it? The and new I think I think Hull could go if other teams don't, but we need to beat them this time. Yeah, God, oh, please. That's a thing. I think that's. I think I could die happy if we beat Hull while Bruce QBR is there. If QBR stay up, it's probably because they've done the double over yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's it's, depressing. Isn't it's it? a result pressure, and you can't keep letting these winnable games, as they say, slip by. And that's happened too often. Mm. And if we get to Villa in four games' time, mm. and we've only picked up say four points from those four games Aye. against Manu, Villa, West Brom, and uh, Hull, then I think people will start will start putting more pressure on the position of the manager. And I think that's only natural. But like we've said, you've got to you've got to try and and stick with him. And I just think he should go back to what he knows. Which which we added the, in the Burnley game and get higher up, just pass it higher up, get further up the pitch, pass mm. it in their half, and, and and do that. And I think that's what he needs to do rather than tinkering too much. It's but a anyway, bit, bit more ambitious, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to, oh, also on the echo thing, which we haven't. Uh, uh, tomorrow, which will be Tuesday the seventeenth, pancake day. So you have pancakes for breakfast um, <laughs> at about nine o'clock tomorrow morning. The um, top one hundred signings that echo podcast uh, that we did with. Uh, uh, Chris Young, Graham Anderson, Gary Bennett, and Rob Mason, um, who selected the top 100. Um, that'll be out tomorrow in the usual places if you're a wise man, say subscribe. So iTunes or SoundCloud. It, really, yeah. And it'll also be on the Sunderland Weco website. <laughs> Sunderland Echo website. Um, so we'll be doing a tweet about it. You kind so, of spoiled the way I was going to go to the show there because you started talking about Sunderland analysis again. I was just going to say. If you want to abuse Gareth on Twitter off the back of that, then be my guest. Go ahead. It's quite funny. I just block you, so don't really care. Yeah, I'll, how many, I'll, people, I'll are you, how many people are you blocking today? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't. I'm not a blogger. I'm not a blogger. I'm an engager, which is probably worse because yeah. I waste loads don't, of time don't arguing with people. Don't fuel on the fire, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay. yeah. Who cares what I think anyway? Don't, don't abuse me for <laughs> thinking things. Just yeah. unfollow me. Yeah, on that note. Do that, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely do it. Okay, thanks for listening. Over and out.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.